we sing in that song. And uh, while we sing both those songs, I couldn't help but think about what our family's going through, uh, what my aunt and uncle and cousins are going through at this time. And I know it's hard to see. I, I don't know if April's still watching. I know she was earlier. Uh, but it's hard to see the brightness of the end of the tunnel when you're right in the midst of the darkness that is your reality at that moment or at this moment but I am glad he sees what we don't and I'm glad that he knows the end from the beginning and uh, I'm grateful for that and thankful to the Lord that he does know and uh, he has already uh, worked a miracle one way or the other, and that's hard for us to grasp sometimes, but we're going to receive a healing one day, and uh, we just pray that uh, for our family that healing comes on this side, and that's the selfish part of us, and uh, the Lord is working, and we do know that, uh, but I'm I'm glad that there is coming a day when there'll be no more coronavirus and there'll be no more protest in the street. I don't know what all heaven's going to have. I imagine there might be some surprises there for us, but I do know this. Whatever it's going to be, we ain't going to be disappointed. And I believe that God's going to have everything there that uh, that He knows we would like and maybe even some things that... You know, I like getting ice cream. Can't eat it much now, but I like ice cream. But man, when you get some ice cream and they put some whipped cream on top, man, that's good stuff. And then every now and then you get ice cream, they'll put whipped cream on top. And then you look on top of that and there'll be a cherry on top of it. Amen. I like surprises. And I like a little extra. And I'm glad where the Bible says that He is able to do exceedingly that's good exceedingly then he come along with some whipped cream and said abundantly and then he put a cherry on top and said above all that we can ask or think and I has not seen or ear heard things that God has prepared for his people for them that love him and uh, I believe that one day we're going to see Romans 8:28 in its fullness. We don't see it now, but we will. Either uh, God will reveal it in some way here to us, or we'll see it one day. Ephesians 2 said, in, in the ages to come, to shew unto us the exceeding riches of His grace. And I'm glad there is coming a day when all things will work together for the good to them that love the Lord. All right, Acts chapter number 13. Uh, this morning, there at your house, if you have your Bible, something with your Bible on it, find Acts chapter number 13. And uh, we're going to continue on and haven't felt impressed that we ought to stop. Uh, we're just going to keep moving on. It was our desire and plan and felt like the heart of God that he had desired, that he had directed us to the book of Acts several several weeks ago, several months ago, and uh, the Lord has helped us in that first section as we begin to see the birth of the church, God continuing to work through his people, and uh, then we took a 
little break and around the I believe Thanksgiving and Christmas we took a little break and then uh, sometime after the first of the year we began looking again at this book of Acts and we got into a new section where we're even going to go into another transition this morning in the book of Acts and I appreciate what the Lord has shown us as we study about a church on fire and I want to be that kind of church I want to be that kind of people for God set on fire of the Holy Ghost used of the Lord to make a difference in this day in which we're living Acts chapter 13 I'm going to read in length so uh, just reverence the word of God there in your heart this morning and uh, God knows, knows your heart if you feel like standing you want to do that that's fine those that are here but reverence God's word in your heart as we read verse 13 the Bible says now when Paul and his company loose from Paphos they came to Perga in Pamphylia and John departing from them returned to Jerusalem but when they departed from Perga they came to Antioch Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, and beckoning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with a high arm brought he them out of it. About the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of of Canaan he divided their land to them by lot and after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet and afterward they desired a king and God gave unto them Saul the son of Sis a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior. Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose, men and brethren children of the stock of Abraham and whosoever among you feareth God to you is the word of this salvation sent 
they, dwe they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. When they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus again, and as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God fell on sleep, was laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. But he, whom God raised again, saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wander and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Father, I pray and ask you today, Lord, that you would help us to preach your word. Lord, that you would... Speak through us, speak to us the eternal truths of heaven. God, I pray you touch those that are assembled here this morning. God, those that have helped in the singing and those that have helped with the video and the audio, God, I pray you bless and touch them. And Lord, we pray, God, for those that are watching, Lord, that you would help them with the word of God today. Lord, it's an encouragement to receive the messages after the services ended and those that will text and say we have been blessed and we've been helped God we need that and we thank you for that God I thank you that folks can get help Lord even there at home Lord watching on television or on their computer screen they can receive the help that you want to give to them and Father I pray Lord that they would be helped through the preaching today not because of the one preaching it, but because of the one I'm preaching about. Lord, I pray you'd bless and move on those that may be lost. Save them by your grace. 
those that are saved, we pray for encouragement that you'd stir in the hearts of your people. Greater desire, Lord, to see your work fulfilled and your purpose and plan done in these last days. Send revival to your people. Stir the hearts of your children. Heal those that are sick. Lord, reclaim the backslidden. Bind up the brokenhearted. And Father, we'll praise you and thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I want to preach to you from this passage of Scripture this morning. I want to look at uh, this uh, sermon that was preached by the Apostle Paul. And uh, I want to do so by using the title this morning, Now That's Some Good Preaching. That's Some Good Preaching. What is good preaching? Many have different opinions as to what it takes to make a good sermon, or what it makes to, uh, takes to make a sermon a good sermon. To have someone come by afterwards and say, man, that's some good preaching. It's even good to hear when you're preaching and the Lord hooks you up and you are preaching truth and folks will say, man, that's good preaching right there. That, that's a good word. You can listen to a lot of preaching on television, on the Internet, even on the radio, but not all preaching is good preaching. Not all preaching is worth listening to. Good preaching is not the preacher sharing clever thoughts, emotional provocative stories. It's not the best clean joke that he heard that week. Good preaching is not saying all the cliches that will give them the amens in the congregation. Good preaching isn't about how the sermon made you feel about yourself. Amen. But good preaching is how it makes you feel about Jesus. The goal of preaching is the exaltation of Christ through the proclamation of the Word of God. It is the Word of God that does the work in the heart of the individual. It is the Word that sustains, enlivens, regenerates, convicts, enlightens, empowers, conquers, and feeds the sheep. So the job of the preacher is to say what God said. He is the messenger of an open written letter from the Lord. Adrian Rogers gave this explanation as to the reason why he preaches the Bible, and I like it. Adrian Rogers said, the reason I preach the Bible is first, I'm not smart enough to preach anything else. The Bible is a bottomless well. So I'm not smart enough to preach anything else. The other reason is I'm smart enough not to preach anything else. Because I know that the Word has staying power. Here, listen to what he's saying. Now this is a man who pastored thousands of people, tens of thousands. He said, my people love me today. I don't want to say that boastfully, but I know it's true. They love me. They come. This place is packed. We have run out of room. But it's not the testimony of the man, but it's the testimony to the Bible. Listen to what he said. He said, if I stop preaching the Bible, these folks will saturate this place with absence. They come for the word of God. 
They want it to be warm. They want it to be understandable and applicable. But I have learned that there is power in the preaching of the Word of God. In our text, we have the first detailed record of a sermon by the Apostle Paul. While I don't believe it's the, or we know that it's not the first sermon Paul ever preached, it is the first one that we have record of. And Paul preached this sermon while he was on his first missionary journey in the city of Antioch, Pisidia. This is not the same Antioch where Christians were called Christians first. This is a different Antioch. But after he was finished preaching, he gave the invitation and souls were added to the kingdom. As we move through this sermon this morning, I, I want us to consider the truths in it that makes a sermon a good sermon. What is it that will cause us to look at it by the end of it and say, now that's some good preaching. Not that I preached it, but looking at what Paul preaches, what it would cause us to stand back and say, that's some good preaching right there. But also this morning, I, I want to encourage you as God's people to do some good preaching not just the men of God that stand in the pulpit or stand on platforms but you as God's children you as the people of God to go out and do some good preaching to those that need to hear they don't need to hear your opinions or your thoughts but they need to hear some good preaching they need to hear the word of God I want to give you three things quickly from the text first of all I want you to notice the moment of this preaching the moment of this preaching. We know that they are still living in the days of synagogue worship. During a typical synagogue worship time on Saturday, they would read several portions of the Old Testament. Then after they are done reading, they would give some explanation. Some ruler of the synagogue would give some explanation as to normally what the rabbi before him had said rabbi so and so gave this example or gave this explanation to this text and after reading that particular portion that day the bible says that one of the rulers sent for uh, Paul and his company and asked them if they had anything to add to the service do you have anything that you want to say and of course we know that Paul takes some time and he begins to preach this first record or first recorded sermon. Here we see God providing an opportunity at just the right moment for them to share the gospel. And at times we wait on an opening or a right moment or some particular point in time to witness for Christ. We seem to wait at times for someone to open the door and and say, tell me, how do I get to heaven? But I want you to see that the text teaches us that these opportunities don't just happen in life. There's timing, there's perfect timing in every opportunity to share the gospel. I want you to look at this moment with me today, this open door that was presented to Paul. And I want you to see, first of all, that it was a moment that was sovereignly led. It was a moment that was sovereignly led. Before Paul and his missionary team ever got to Antioch in Poseidon, we find that the Lord had been leading them in that direction. If you go back 
from what we preached last week and read those verses, you'll find that, that, that this all started back at the beginning of the chapter. That Paul and Barnabas were still serving the church that was located in the other city of Antioch, closer to Jerusalem. And the Bible said that the Holy Ghost said to the church, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And so we see that God had begun working this plan to get Paul where he was to open his mouth and preach this sermon from this very beginning of the chapter. So the church ordained them as missionaries, sent them out. The Bible says, So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia. These men ended up in the synagogue of Antioch in Poseidon with an opportunity to preach the gospel. They had been following the leadership of the Holy Ghost. While you may not be called to preach uh, uh, in a distant land, God may not lead you to walk on foreign soil and carry the gospel. May I say to you today that God has given all of us an opportunity to carry out the mission and the work of the gospel. There is an open door if you are sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God in that area of your life. You can hear Him and be guided by Him to, uh, to uh, do what He has called you to do. And by the way, uh, you have been called to preach the gospel. Everyone that's saved has been called, been given an, uh, a commandment, a mandate that we are responsible for carrying the word of God to those uh, that are lost. Have you ever considered that maybe God is not leading you to be a missionary uh, to Africa or to uh, Mexico or to China or Russia or, or any of these other places, but that God may be calling you as a missionary right here at home? And if you're listening for the leadership of God, you will hear Him tell you it's time to open your mouth and uh, preach the gospel, and He'll open the right doors at the right time in the right place. There's an old song that says, Lead me, Lord, I'll follow. Anywhere you open up the door, let your word speak through me and show me what I've never seen before. These moments to witness do not just come uh, by happenstance, but they are sovereignly led by the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Not only is this moment sovereignly led, but I want you to see that it is also sought longingly. It is sought longingly. The synagogue leader asked if there was anybody that had anything to say. Paul, being a good Baptist preacher, always had the itch, and he raised his hand, and he said, Excuse me, I got something I'd like to say. <laughs> they, didn't have to, they didn't have to beg it out of him. That's why I don't like doing testimony services. You have to say, Anybody got anything they'd like to say? And then they, everybody has that awkward silence for about 30 seconds. The preacher says, Come on now, somebody's got something to say. Oh, Paul, you didn't have to beg it out of him. You didn't have to pry it out of him. Paul was ready. Paul said, yeah, I've got something that I want to say. They didn't have to pray about it. Paul didn't have to come up with something. 
He didn't have to uh, 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 try to devise some uh, clever thing to stand up and say, no, he was ready to preach as soon as the opportunity presented itself to Paul. Why is that? It's because he was fully expecting God to open doors. He was looking for a moment to preach the gospel. What about you this morning? When you get up tomorrow and go about your day, when Monday comes rolling into your life, are you looking for an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus? Are you looking for a moment to stand and declare the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that you claim has made such a difference in your heart, in your life? Are you ready to stand and tell somebody else about the gospel? In this age, we have fewer and fewer people in our communities, in our world that is coming to know Christ. And you know the reason is, it's not because the gospel doesn't have the power. It doesn't mean that there's less people to witness. It just simply means there are less Christians that are getting out and telling others about Jesus. That used to be a common thing for folks to come to church and say, I led uh, four or five uh, and even one person to the Lord this week. You don't hear of it much today. Now, I remember as a kid when we had those uh, cards in Sunday school and, and we would talk about uh, the scriptures that we read. Did we uh, read our lesson? Did we bring our Bible to church? And then there was a section that asked uh, how many contacts did you have this week? How many people did you tell about Jesus? We don't do that no more and it's a good thing we don't because there'd be a lot of embarrassed church members in the church we don't make those contacts anymore and it's a crying shame we ought to but these times don't happen randomly they come to people that are ready to share the gospel they're sovereignly led but they're sought longingly they are sought out those times and opportunities are looked for people that love God and want to witness for him get up of a morning and say Lord lead me to somebody that I can share the gospel with not only is it the moment of this preaching scene, but we see also, secondly, the message of this preaching. When you studied, read with me this morning uh, on this sermon, you see the message clearly laid out before us. We're not going to go back over it and break it all down individually into points, but I, I do want you to see some things about this message. As we've studied through the book of Acts, we've read other sermons. And uh, when you read Paul's sermon, after reading uh, the sermons by Peter and by, even by Stephen and others, you've you got to get the sense of, I believe I've heard this before. <laughs> it's not a different message. The message is the same. And as we study through this sermon, we seem to hear the echoes of other preachers and other sermons uh, in Paul's preaching. We see that today. We see that in in the, the preaching that we hear today from many different preachers. But when we see this happening, we should be reminded that while the messengers are different, while the preachers may change, the message is the same. The old song said, the old, old story never grows old. I want you to notice a couple of things about the message this morning as it relates to our witness for the Lord. First of all, notice the familiarity of it. Notice how familiar uh, this message. Paul began to preach. He started his message with a review of Israel's history in verses 17 through 18. 
from there he went to went on to mention what God did for them in Canaan and bringing them out of the wilderness for 40 years and into that land of Canaan and then he breaks down the years of judges for over 400 years uh, up until that time of Samuel he walks with them from that uh, part of their history into their first king that was a debacle of a, 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 a of royalty that king Saul who made a mess of the kingdom and a mess of his life but God was not without a king uh, God raised up David Paul said verse number 22 he raised up David to be their king who he gave this testimony a man that was after my own heart that will fulfill my will from there Paul draws the line from David to God raising up Jesus the ultimate successor of David's throne and the Messiah that God had promised he quoted from the Psalms. He pointed out that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was not something new that they were preaching, but Caleb, it was actually uh, something that had been prophesied in their Old Testament Scripture. Now, if you've been paying attention to the other sermons that we have studied and read from the book of Acts, you'll recognize that, that these same approaches were used. They were familiar with other preachers. We've heard Stephen give a lengthy history of Israel. We read his message as he preaches to the Jewish people. Peter at Pentecost used the Psalms and testified that Jesus was the Messiah. And there are a couple of lessons I think that we should learn from this. One is that you need to listen to God to the gospel as it's being preached. The message that you must share is the message that you will hear. Amen. We don't preach what we preach on Sunday just for you to leave out and say, well, we got, we got to hear another sermon. But there is a purpose behind hearing what you're hearing this morning. When you hear a clear declare, a declaration of the gospel, God is putting in you what he wants to get out of you throughout the rest of the week. Stephen preached to an angry, hostile crowd, crowd and then he died at their hands knowing that, uh, that one of the leading men that was listening that day uh, was this man, Saul, listen, uh, that is now Paul that's preaching the same very thing that he heard that dying preacher preach. Amen. And so I'd say this morning that you may not think that your class is listening. You may not think that the congregation is listening. You may not even think that that co-worker at work is listening but if God has put the gospel in your heart you ought to stand with that familiar gospel and preach it to those that God leads you to preach it to. Number two, not only the familiarity of it but secondly I want you to notice the faithfulness of it. Not only that it was a, faith, a familiar message but I want you to see that it was a faithful message. <laughs> Paul had no doubt been influenced by the other gospel preachers. I'm sure that <clears throat> Paul had recalled things that he had heard from other men of God. But that's not the only reason for the similar nature of the message. G. Campbell Morgan said their similarity is created by the fact that they had the same truth to proclaim. Hallelujah. Amen. When someone comes and says, "Well, I'm on," you know, I ask somebody to come preach. They say, "Well, I'm gonna preach out of the Book of Acts," and my response to that is, "Well, there's plenty in Acts to preach." 
And they'll say, but you're preaching. And I'll say, hey, listen, I didn't write the book, and I didn't call you to preach. Amen. We serve the same God, and we serve a big enough God that will show you something in the book of Acts, and then I'll come along, and God will show me something in the book of Acts, and it'll both be true, and it'll both be powerful, and it'll both be help to God's people. So Paul was preaching a message that God had given him to preach, not just simply because he had heard it, not just simply because he had uh, uh, familiarized himself with the message that other men had preached, but he familiarized himself with the message that God had laid on his heart to preach. And the encouragement I believe in the text is today that you may not be a Stephen, you may not be Peter, you may not ever be a Paul, but God can and God will use you to preach that same faithful message. We've studied before uh, about winning one, just the importance of winning one to Christ. And when I preached that, I used in my, in my introduction the story of a man by the name of Ad Edward Kimball. You may not remember him. You may not have ever heard of him. But let me remind you or tell you for the first time who Edward Kimball was. Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher who while teaching got a burden for one of his students in the class. One of his students was a, a, a shoe salesman down at the local shoe store. One day he went with a burden to win this 18-year-old shoe, shoe salesman to the Lord. So Edward Kimball, by his own testimony, don't feel like, he didn't feel like he gave a great, uh, proclamation of the gospel doesn't he didn't feel like he had done a uh, a great job as some preacher might have done but listen the the job he done worked it got the job done Edward Kimball won that young man to the Lord that young man went on to put his feet in two continents America and Europe and preached with the power of God and souls many souls come to know the Lord. That young man's name was Dwight L. Moody. D.L. Moody went on to preach and one day a man a former, a former baseball player or would be a former baseball player by the name of Billy Sunday came in the meeting. And Billy Sunday gave his heart and his life to the Lord Jesus Christ in a D.L. Moody meeting. It gets better. It goes on. He changed his life. God used Sunday uh, to uh, stir a great awakening to holiness and righteous living in this, in this country. Then in a meeting where Billy Sunday was preaching, a man by the name of Mordecai Ham came in and gave his heart and his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in a Mordecai Ham meeting where he was preaching, a young farmer boy from North Carolina walked the aisle and gave his heart to Jesus. You and I know him as Billy Graham. And God used him for millions of people to be saved. But listen to me. You may not ever be a D.L. Moody. You may not ever be a Billy Sunday or a Mordecai Ham. We may never know uh, of the fame as it was of a Billy Graham. Our light names may never be in the lights as they were. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can be faithful Edward Kimball. You can be a, a Sunday school teacher or a mama or a daddy or a pastor or a preacher or a missionary or evangelist or just some member of a church that's got a burden for the lost and you can open your mouth and and preach that faithful message it'll get the job done we see the moment we see the message but I want you to see last of all 
though it's not the most important part of the preaching hour but we do need to look at the man we need to look at the man of the preaching I don't know about you but as I was reading the message that he preached I believe I'd have to leave out saying to, saying to old Paul son that's some good preaching that's some good preaching but there's something behind the man that God uses the chapter marks an important transition in the book of Acts up to this point you'll read that it has been Barnabas and Saul <coughs> y'all don't know how hard it is to stay behind this pulpit it has been Barnabas and Saul but in this chapter we find a new phrase is given did you see it in verse number 13 the Bible says now when Paul and his company did you catch that earlier now when Paul and his company loosed from Patmos some things are changing from this point on Paul steps on the stage and, and God is going to use him in this work I, that, that, this, man there's something I want to say right here I, I think I got plenty of time well I'm the pastor I guess I'll say it if I want to I ain't got nobody here this morning even looking at a watch amen I'm preach all day long if I want to <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking about this as I read that it does teach us this important truth and that is that that if you're going to be used of God to make a difference you you ought to desire to be a Barnabas I preached on that before serving in the shadows you notice that it doesn't seem like Barnabas gets his feelings hurt when God seems to elevate the ministry of Paul and begins to use him on the forefront and Barnabas is just that one that's working in the background we're going to learn some other things about Barnabas and John Mark and Saul or rather Paul and Silas and we'll study those things later in the text but, but it's just amazing to me how God makes that transition and begins to use Paul and you don't hear Barnabas complain not one time about it you know why? Barnabas didn't need the limelight Barnabas seemed to understand what his position was understood what his call was he understood the, the place that God had put him in and friend that's a good lesson for you to learn that's a good lesson for young preachers to learn that's a good lesson for pastors to learn young and old uh, for us to know what our place is to know where God has placed us and shine in that place as a star and a light for the Lord in this dark world in verse 13 again there it says Paul and his company though his message was the same as those that came before him God is now going to use Paul where he had been using these other men now God's going to use Paul for the gospel work and may I say to you what we've already heard this morning from the devotion and again it's amazing to me how God works these things out I haven't talked to Caleb about what I was preaching now he can study and read for himself and maybe kind of he knows my heart a lot of times he might can read the text I'm going to preach and maybe be able to form some idea of what I might say and that's just part of being in the ministry and having someone that's you know sitting under your ministry and all that and, and, but I don't believe that that's the case I believe God the Holy Ghost knew what Caleb was going to say this week God knew what uh, he was going to say knew what I was going to say 
And God knows what he's going to say next week. And so I'm not going to get on that. But it'd be all right if I did. He'd, he'd still get up here and preach it. But God is always looking for somebody that he can use for his glory. Always. Ezekiel 22 and 30 said that God said, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, lest I destroy it. That's what God said. Uh, Isaiah heard the word of God. Verse number 8 of Isaiah 6. We heard it this morning. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. And so God is looking for somebody that he can use for his glory. You say, preacher, I, I want to be that man. I want to be that woman. I, I want to be that Sunday school teacher. I want to be that, uh, that witness for Christ. What, what, what is needed in my life? I believe we see that through the Apostle Paul. First of all, we see that he was a saved man. Paul was a saved man. That may not seem... Uh, very important for you to hear this morning. You say, I'm, I'm saved. Well, I'm maybe going to challenge that a little bit. The Word of God's going to challenge that a little bit. Paul was a man who was preaching a gospel that he had personally experienced for himself. He knew what he was preaching because he had seen the power of preaching, the power of God, and what it did in his heart and in his life. When God called Paul you remember he was a passionate persecutor against the church that was zealous in his Jewish faith who had targeted the church and Christians and, and had uh, led them uh, uh, in, to be imprisoned he had even uh, uh, been a part of putting some of them to death we know that from the life the story of Stephen when he was being stoned that Saul of Tarsus was there holding the clothes of those that were stoning uh, as giving approval to the death of that man of God but listen to me though he had uh, uh, been a party to uh, stamping out the messenger he could not do anything hallelujah about the message that was stamped in his heart that day when God met him on the road of Damascus when Jesus shined that light he said it's hard for you to kick against the pricks he's talking about that gospel that had pricked his heart he said you can't keep fighting against it hallelujah can I just stop and testify I remember the night when the Holy Ghost rested my heart and said it's hard for you to keep fighting against that conviction I brought you to this place and now it's time for you to turn your heart and life over to me that it happened in Paul's life so he was preaching something that he knew something about Grayson uh, he was a living testimony as to what he was preaching he could tell what he had told because he had experienced it in his heart and I say this morning that Jesus is still in that kind of business. He's still in the business of taking those that are an enemy of the gospel. You may have happened, thought you happened by this Facebook live this morning and heard that preacher up there spitting in a hollering and screaming. You're wondering what in the world is this all about? And you may have passed by or maybe you're here this morning you think I'm just here uh, just to be a part of the service. I'm just here to make up some time. But friend, can I tell you that God has a way of taking those that uh, have rejected him and those that have uh, been enemies to him uh, and those that have uh, even been persecutors of those that love him. Uh, he has a way of 
taking them and letting them hear the gospel and transforming their lives and making them evangelists and pastors and missionaries and preachers. He has a way of taking those who once rejected what they heard and now that has been put in their heart and that's the gospel that they preach. I told you I was going to challenge you. You're little... Well, I've been saved. I'm born again. I've asked Jesus into my heart. I've had that powerful gospel made a change in my life. Well, let me ask you a question. When's the last time or maybe even when's the first time you you took that same gospel and shared it with somebody else? Could it be that the reason that many church members are not witnessing for the gospel is because they have never been a witness to the gospel? I'm going to say it again. Could it be the reason you won't share the gospel with somebody else and you use the excuse, well, I'm just shy. I'm not, I'm not one that likes to talk about a lot of things. But you'll, you'll pick other topics to talk about. You, you don't have a problem talking about uh, uh, the political things and, and, and the sports things. You've got your opinion about everything else, but you claim to be a child of God. And nobody can, uh, t- nobody can tell anybody else that they know you're a Christian. Christian by your testimony you never told them about Jesus they were to be asked do you believe so and so saved they'd say well they're a good person but I'll tell you one thing they'd never told me about Jesus hell's going to be full of people you look up here and listen to me this morning hell is going to be full of those that you and I missed out on the opportunity to tell them about Jesus are you listening If you've got Jesus living in your heart, then you've got Jesus that you can tell about. The men and women that God will use are those who have experienced the grace of the gospel. Paul had experienced God's grace, and so he had something to tell about. Amen. But I want to say not only was he saved, but we see from the text, even in the beginning of the chapter, that he was a separated man. Paul was a separated man. By that I mean as we read through his message this morning. And you can go back home and read it. We didn't break down each and every detail. Maybe at some point in time God allows us to go back and do that. And we have done that in other, in other places and looked specifically at those things that were preached. Just suffice it to say that Paul's message was a message about Jesus. He took the Old Testament, brought them up to speed into the gospel, into the New Testament, and he preached to them Jesus. That's our message as well. But as we study through, as we read through Paul's message, what we begin to realize is that Paul was a man who was separated unto the Scriptures. He was not only a man who had experienced grace for himself, but he was also a man that had studied. The word, of, the word of God for himself. He started with Israel's history, just like Stephen did. But he used different aspects of history that Stephen didn't use. He quoted from the Psalms, just like Peter. But he quoted from Psalm chapter 2. He tells us in the second chapter. He gives a chapter. Uh, he gives, they didn't have chapter and verses like that, but 
the second psalm, they, they understood this was psalm number two, as we would say psalm chapter two. He gave that one. Peter used psalm 16. In other words, Paul had done his own Bible study. Somebody say amen. He took the time to separate himself to study the Scripture. He let the Word of God speak these truths in his heart. Paul was preaching a similar message to what others had preached. But Paul had let God speak into his heart and let him preach it from his own personality and from his own study. I don't have a problem with a preacher jotting notes down. I don't have a problem with a preacher using somebody else's material and study to help them and to, uh, uh, to push them. I've had preachers tell me, I, I, can I get that outline? I'd like to preach it. I said, well, go right ahead because I probably heard it from somebody else. That's probably most definitely heard it from somebody else. I don't have a problem with that. Preachers will say, if my bullet fits your gun, then shoot away. Hey, there's no wrong, there's no wrong in that. As long as you take the Word of God and study it for yourself and let the Scripture speak to your heart. You know what I found? Anytime I might, might be using a quote from somebody else or a sermon from somebody else or a point or thought that somebody else used I've always found that God if I'll study has a way of speaking it fresh to my heart and allowing me to preach it fresh to the people that I'm preaching to for instance Paul, Paul preached on the forgiveness of sins Peter preached on the forgiveness of sins but as you read through Paul's sermon, verse number 39, let me just point out a verse here. He says, and by him, by Jesus, all that believe are justified. Peter preached on forgiveness of sins, Caleb, but Peter did not expound on a doctrine such as justification. But right here where Paul, while Paul is preaching, while Paul had been studying the Word of God, while Paul had been letting the Scriptures, the Old Testament, speak into his heart, God began to open his heart and his mind up to something that maybe nobody else had said, maybe nobody else had thought about, and that is this Word, this doctrine that he'll later write many epistles about, and that is the doctrine of justification being declared not just forgiven, but being declared absolutely and completely forgiven that all your sins are gone we see Paul as he's preaching you ever had that done preachers while you're preaching and while you're preaching you've been studying something else and while you're preaching God begins to recall that into your heart and your mind and begins to fit it you didn't even know where it fit in but God take it and fit it into the sermon amen you know why because Paul was a separated man Paul had taken time to separate himself to the scriptures those who wish to be used of God must take time to separate themselves from everyone and from everything at times uh, to separate under the scriptures and to listen to God speak to them. You want to have something to say to your friends and family, to your co-workers. You want to have something to say when you get up in the pulpit. God help us not to just be people that say something, but to be preachers that have something to say. You want that in your life? And take those scriptures open them up read them before you run to a commentary before you run to a website before you get on sermon audio and listen to a sermon run to those scriptures first 
study it for yourself. And then God puts these other people in your, in your life. Brother Terry Trivet used to say it like this. He said, I was taught to hate dead preaching but love dead preachers. God has given us libraries, books full of men that have studied this Bible. That would be a help to you. But do some study on your own. Learn, learn what God's Word says. Amen. You say, preacher, sometimes I get questions that I can't understand. That's right. Listen, I'm, I'm, I've been preaching now for 20, none of your business years. And, and it's, there are times when, I, when I'm faced with a question and I have to look at them and say, hey, I'll, I'll get back with you. But I want to familiarize myself enough with the Scripture that, that I can stand before somebody and at least give them a place that they can go. Won't you read this? Or, man, that's, that's funny you asked me that. I was just studying that this week. Let me, let me help you with that. The Bible says to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman need not to be ashamed. As we study, we looked at Paul along with his company, which included Barnabas and John Mark, was separated unto the gospel. But listen to them, they were separated unto the gospel's work. You remember that the church, as we studied, laid their hands on them <clears throat> and sent them out to go to where they were going on this first missionary journey. And I believe this morning that if you want to be an effective witness with a good gospel message, you should not only be separated under the gospel, but you should also be separated to the spirit of the gospel, the Holy Ghost, and go where he says go. Open your mouth when he says, open your mouth. God's looking for somebody that he can use to fulfill his plan, his purpose in the world. He's looking for someone that will deliver his message, that souls will be brought to the kingdom. You don't have to be a Stephen, a Peter, a Paul, a D.L. Moody, a Billy Graham. You don't have to be any of that. You just need to be a willing vessel and say, Lord, Speak to my heart. Are you being a witness for Jesus? That's what this message is about. It's about are you witnessing for the Lord? Do you have a good message to tell? You say, preacher, I'm saved. Well, are you telling somebody else? If not, maybe you haven't experienced the gospel for yourself. Maybe it is that you don't know this Jesus that Paul preached and that I'm preaching this morning. Maybe it is that you don't have that experience in your life. Well, you can come to know him today. If you haven't, today would be a, the best time to fix, fix that in your life. If you have experienced the gospel in your life, then why not tell others about Jesus? Why not let God... What, what's, what, what's the worst that could happen? Preacher, they might spit in my face. Well, at least they didn't stone you. They may slap me. Well, at least they didn't cut your throat. They may cut my throat. Well, at least you're not going to hell. Amen. You really can't lose. What's the worst that could happen? You said, preacher, I, I, I just can't handle rejection. Well, listen to me. They're not rejecting you. This is bigger than us. What's good preaching? Good preaching is not about your style. It's not about the size of your ministry, but it's about the subject and the substance of your message. If 
it's Jesus, listen to me, if it's Jesus as it was for Paul, now that's some good preaching. That's some good preaching. And God wants to put that in your heart today. If you don't know him, our prayer is that you'll get to know him before it's everlasting too late. Maybe this morning you say, Preacher, I'm saved, but I haven't been a witness for him. Either by my works or by my words, by my life or even by my language, I haven't been a witness for the Lord like I should. But I am saved. I just haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Can I encourage you today to start? Start today. Don't wait. Don't wait. You never know that opportunity that you let pass you by may be your last opportunity to win that soul to Christ. Maybe your last opportunity to win any soul to Christ before you meet Jesus. Don't you want to meet him with a clear conscience, with that heart that says, I've done all God told me to do. Don't you want to be able to say as Paul, I've kept the faith, fought a good fight, and finished the course. That's what I desire. I want to make full proof of my ministry, not just in this pulpit, but wherever God should allow me to preach. Your heads bowed, your eyes are closed. Even there at home. She asked the Holy Spirit to turn on the searchlight. Say, Lord, search me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, reveal to me my downfalls. Lord, reveal to me my shortcomings. Lord, reveal to me where I failed you. God, and I pray that you would cleanse me create in me a clean heart renew a right spirit within me if you're not witnessing for the Lord if you're not telling others about Jesus then friend you need to ask God to forgive you today how can we expect to see God change and make a difference in people's lives if we don't allow him to use us say preacher I'm saved but I'm not doing what I ought to do. Well, then you need to get right. You may be here today. You may be listening. You say, Preacher, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I don't tell because I don't have nothing to tell. I'm not saved. God hasn't changed my heart, my life. I've not felt those live coals from off the altars of God touch my heart, touch my lips, purge me from my sin. You say, Preacher, I've never experienced that. You can today. You can today. What's a coal more than a stone? A stone that had been sat in the fire of God's wrath that will come and purge you. Preacher, what is that? That's Jesus. That's the rock of ages. Taking on the wrath of God on the cross. And now he offers forgiveness. You can be saved today. You can have a story to tell. God wants that for you. I want that for you. Our church wants that for you. If you don't know Jesus and you'd like to know him, you can message us. You can message me personally. Or you can message our Facebook page. and We'll get with you and we'll lead you to the Lord. Those that take care of that will let us know. They'll put you in contact with somebody or they'll talk to you themselves. 
they're very capable and able to do that. If you have any prayer need or special thing you'd like to have prayed for, you just let us know. We want to pray for you. And we want to be there for you in any way that we possibly can. If you need something from the Lord, if you need something from us, if we can at all possible do it, then we'll do our best to try to be a blessing and a help to you today. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you for the gospel that we have to preach. Thank you, Lord, that it's not in our sermon presentation. God, I know that that is important to be able to be understood and heard. And God, I know it's important to be careful for structure and be able to un understand and explain Scripture and, and uh, stay on task and not run rabbits and get left field or go off in our own opinions and thoughts. But God, that that's important. I understand that. But God, at the end of it all, Lord, there are men in my life that never, never sat in a seat in a seminary. Lord, they don't know they don't know how to outline a sermon or structure things out. They just, Lord, they just got up with the Word of God and they preached. Or they read the Scriptures. They expounded those Scriptures to me. And God, they taught me from your Word. And Lord, you saved so many people. God, I think about my, da my dear old dad. God, many years that he served you. And Lord, he, in his later years, Lord did use those notes and outlines but I remember God in our young, my younger days Lord when daddy was preaching revivals and God he, he had those little thoughts written down but no, no manuscript Lord he just got up and preached under the power of the Holy Ghost and you spoke through him and God's souls were saved I remember Lord lost men running out of their pew just running down the aisle while he was preaching begging him not to stop don't stop preaching I remember him. please don't stop I need to be saved God those days for some reason for whatever reason God it seems so far from us now Lord but you're still the same God Lord if we'll get back where you want us to be then God we can see that again in our day Lord I pray for that when it's lost here God that don't know you to free pardon us in those that are lost that may be watching Lord I pray that you'd stir their heart God they want something that Lord that would change their life forever may they call out to you right now and Lord for that one that's saved but they're not living right they're not witnessing then God their life isn't lining up with scripture Lord I pray you touch them today God I, I want my life to be a sermon preached of you one day I want to stand before you and hear you say, now that's some good preaching. That's some good preaching. God, we praise you and thank you for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me say this before we get off from here. Next Sunday, as far as we know, we'll be like this again. As far as that's concerned, I kind of thought about it. <clears throat> wondered how we ought to do it. And we may allow some of our younger folks to, to be here more, more of them come in kind of starting back over kind of starting back over and uh, and so we'll we'll do that next Sunday and then the following Sunday Lord willing we'll just keep watching everything uh, then we'll open the doors back up and have our 
regular services again Sunday and Sunday night. So as of right now, we do not have Sunday night service. Of course, we haven't been doing Wednesday night service. Next Sunday, uh, we'll see uh, how things go and how the Lord leads about Sunday night. But I know we'll be here next Sunday morning at 1045. And we hope that everybody had a wonderful Independence Weekend and that you celebrated uh, the country God has given us and that you prayed for our country, prayed for our president, for those that are fighting and those that are in harm's way, uh, keeping, keeping the war in other for, foreign fields so we don't have to fight a war here. We've got enough fighting that we're having to do already. And uh, so, anyway, just keep praying for that. And also, if you've got an offering to give, I'm sure it's already been posted in the comments, our P.O. Box uh, number, send that to, the, to our mailing address, our P.O. Box, and uh, it'll get to our treasurer and get put in the bank. So just because all this stuff's going on, the bills don't stop coming. And that's the way God has chosen to finance his church. It's through his people. We don't take loans. We didn't call the president or the government and say, hey, we need, we need some help. We didn't do that. Because I believe, and if you did as a church, other churches did that, I'm not throwing stones at you. But we just believe God takes care of his church through his people. And God's people have been faithful, and we're grateful for that. And so if you haven't given, then give. If you're here today and you have your offering to give, then make sure you put it in the offering plate uh, before you leave, okay? All right, God bless you. We love you, and we will see you next Sunday at 1045.